Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back this. to Just Being Us. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since it's just been Vicky and I in the studio. And we're recording this just a couple days before it's dropping. So this is very timely. Very timely. Um, so if you're listening to this when it drops or the week it drops, next week will be Super Tuesday or March 3rd. So if you are in the following states, Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas, California, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, or Virginia, you will be voting in the presidential primary on Tuesday, March 3rd, a.k.a. Super Tuesday. California is doing this for the first time. Yes, we're usually last, so we have basically no input. Usually, this will be really interesting to see not only how it has an impact, but it sounds like the Democratic Party will have their candidate sooner than it usually does because we don't have to wait until after June. Mm -hmm. So that'll be really interesting. Last week, you heard our conversation with Bernie Sanders' team about his education platform. And I think in the intro, we had said that we were going to try to get... So we had a couple people that we were in talks with and didn't pan out, so... I think having California so close... And because we're in California, so close to the Iowa caucuses and everything, the focus just unfortunately wasn't on Super Tuesday states as much as it was Iowa, Nevada, South Carolina, um, New Hampshire. So, yes, ultimately, we were not able to get anyone else on the pod. So we wanted to make sure that you were still well informed of the education and disability platforms of the rest of the top candidates so that you could make an informed decision if one thing that's really important to you is education and disability rights. Yeah, so Nevada is coming up within the next couple nights, or actually the debate is going to be the tonight. Date, yeah. it, and then their caucus is Thursday or tomorrow? No. When do they caucus? Right now, the top five that we're dealing with are... I think is, the day this drops is the Nevada caucus. Oh, is the Nevada. Like the okay. exact okay. day. So right now, just based on like national polls, like we're only taking the top candidates, Klobuchar, Biden, well, obviously Sanders, we already did, Warren and Buttigieg. So we just really wanted to focus on those four candidates in this podcast episode so that we can get through as much of their platform, their education platform as possible. And then you guys can kind of go in depth even more. But we just kind of wanted to highlight, as always, we want to try to start the conversation. And we'll actually start with Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, and with Klobuchar and everyone else, I'll just say real quick, their platforms vary from vague to more in-depth regarding college versus K-12. We're going to focus more on the K-12 and disability rights primarily with this podcast. All of the candidates we're going to talk about today, Biden, Klobuchar, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg. We already talked about Sanders, but yes. Yeah, all of them, the one thing that they do have in common is all have said that they want to ensure fully funding of the IDEA. Now, we all know, and we've talked about this many times, funding doesn't mean everything. So, which is why we want to make sure we go into a little bit more detail of, is do they have a platform on 
accomplishing more goals than just funding because just because you give them more money doesn't mean schools are going to still do the right thing so we wanted to kind of just mention that absolutely so starting with amy klobuchar she has been a firm proponent of stem programming she had announced plans to increase funding for public schools and along with stem also when that same breath said more increased funding as amanda stated for disability programs and stem Um, is science, technology, yes. and math education focused yes. programming. She has within that, like I said, within the same breath also a focus. This will be a pattern increase in teacher pay and to not allow private school vouchers. Um, and she has indicated that she would do that within the first 100 days. So very similar to what Amanda was saying, you know, the promise of the funding, the IDEA, I mean, this is actually on Warren's website. She indicates that the initial funding was 40% per the original law in the 70s, and today it's at about 15%. So we're getting numbers that all of the candidates, Democratic candidates, have said that they would fully fund it. So that would be, you know, at the 40% or or whatever. And then within the first 100 days, you know, some of that would be initiated with other programs that she has for K-12. And just to reiterate, the private voucher program that she wants to block is coincides with the program that Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos has been trying tirelessly to get put in place. If you look back to one of our original pods, we do talk in depth about what the voucher system would look like and how it would be very devastating for the education system in general, let alone people and children with disabilities. So take a look back at that pod if you're interested in knowing more about the school voucher program, but that is one of the things that she wants to roll back. Absolutely. One of the other areas that we kind of dabble in as well is that focus on civil rights. So also within the first 100 days, pretty much in response to the current administration, she would want to ensure that students are being treated fairly, reduce the gap between how students of color are punished compared to their white peers, which we also have a podcast on where we went in depth with that and that she would like to restore protections for members of the LGBTQ community community, obviously ensuring they have a quality in education regardless of their sexual orientation. So pulling back a lot of the things that have happened currently, I know on a very macro level, people, you know, really didn't understand the implications of some of these rollbacks that Trump has done. And it's really impacted the area of law in which Amanda and I practice, you know, people saying that their, you know, children's lives haven't been affected. I find that very hard to believe because every single client that has come into our office and we live in California, in Southern California, has been affected by this administration. So it's nice to see that her focus is on that in that area of the civil rights. But it kind of looked from everything that we were kind of very quickly kind of researching on her. It was really mostly having faith that the school districts or however the money gets distributed would be appropriately distributed. So um, we like the funding. Yeah, we like the funding. But, you know, we were the first to say that there needs to be a little bit of oversight. Funding is only one part of the equation. Yeah, and Vice President Joe Biden has said the same thing in terms of providing the funding. 
And his plan, he's got, you know, the five key points. So supporting our educators by giving them the pay and dignity they deserve, invest in resources for our schools so students grow into physically and emotionally healthy adults, and educators can focus on teaching. So Joe's always to the point, right? He's always talking to the people. He's always, you know, including physically, emotionally healthy adults. You know, we're trying to get the educators focused. Absolutely. To make, you know, productive members of society. We were able to have a clear, like, not clear, but we were able to have a conversation about this stuff. So I'm sure Sanders' team hit all these points, but because it was a conversation, it really didn't, you know, dawn on me because they had said something similar. Well, I think what's hard when politicians, they kind of put forth platforms that are uh, bare bones like bullets, Mm -hmm. it's hard to understand how that's going to be accomplished or what the effect is because Mm -hmm. it's great to want a certain effect to take a place, but how are you going to get there? Right. And throwing money at the problem, we know, like we said, isn't and then I'll be all you know he does want to make sure Vice President Biden that you know no child's d- future is determined by their zip code so looking at zip code income race or disability so what school you attend shouldn't affect where you go you should have the ability so when we talk a lot about equal access that's kind of along the line of what he's going to he wants middle and high school students to have a path to a successful career so really looking at trying to invest in these students because the knowledge that you know students education is what brings them to productive members of society you know one thing we know is that when he was part of the Obama administration there was a lot um, of emphasis we did put more protections on title nine he hasn't spoken too much about bringing that back but I would assume that because he was part of putting them in the first place and that's Mm -hmm. probably part of his platform but again because these are just bullets and these are not full explanations of like how are we going to get there you know take it as you will Absolutely. And, you know, another point of, you know, provided every middle school and high school student a path to successful career, you know, and start investing in our children at birth. So that is in reference to universal pre-K and um, preschool and revolving in that kind of is part of the early intervention Mm -hmm. and daycare really for our students and getting them on the right path. The providing every middle school and high school student a path to successful career, which how that leads into having our teachers get paid and giving them the dignity they deserve is part of an overarching idea that if we're able to pay the educators, you know, our education that invested or given to these children is going to be better. And, you know, it's kind of like the mantra of like a happy worker is like a productive Mm -hmm. worker or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So totally understand that our teachers, that's and obviously with all the teacher strikes that we saw in 2019, I know this hits home and he's, uh, you know, quoted as saying, you know, you're expected to be a social worker, you're expected to be a counselor, you're expected to be the person who is a person of last resort. So just really emphasize that there are several factors that affect a child outside of the classroom that teachers are at the forefront. Mental illness, gun violence, inequality. And that goes to the, you know, being sure that your future is not determined by your zip code. So I think his overarching, like, education plan is to make sure that those discriminatory practices that have just inadvertently been going on for way too long are stopped. And so he has a couple of different ways that he thinks that he can do that. 
and his funding will mostly go towards the teacher pay which it's helpful to see like it's not just saying you know fully funding the idea but you know a chunk of that really needs to go towards in the teachers and the quality and i think when you look at it that way i mean that is an important perspective we've talked about this a lot about teacher pay and about retaining good teachers and hiring good teachers they need to have the qualifications they need to have updated trainings and it's hard to expect a, a teacher that's being paid the bare minimum to go and get be able to afford extra education to freshen up on new technology and techniques and tools and methodologies so i think really trying to invest in in the teachers and their resources can go a long way absolutely shifting gears over to warren i already kind of alluded about when she her website talks about when congress passed the original version of the idea in 1975 it promised to cover 40 percent of the additional costs of educating students with disabilities. And that's where I was getting the 40%. That's the entire quote. And then she goes on to say, but today Congress is failing spectacularly meeting that obligation. Last year, the federal government covered less than 15% of these costs. The failure has shifted the burden to states and school districts that simply can't find the money to make up the difference. The result, students with disabilities are denied the resources they need to fulfill their potential. So identifying the problem, very specific to area. That's why mm-hmm. I hit it first, you know, and she's very to the point. That's what a lot of people on SNL make fun of her about. But, you know, she's saying that and she spells it out, right? The government's original 40% funding promise by committing an additional $20 billion a year to the IDEA grants. Yeah. I'll expend the IDEA funding for three to five years. And then that part of that will be towards three to five year olds and their early intervention. And she, her website goes on to say that she would accomplish her overall arching. The money she'd be getting this from is from a like one, two cent wealth tax mm-hmm. on the wealthiest. So going back to... She's really showing trying, where the money's yeah, going to come from because that's absolutely. always the biggest question. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. going to put more money into something. Where is it coming from? Exactly. So she has put together that plan. It's not going to ar- create a bigger deficit. It's She's going to pull it from somewhere that she's going to actually get the money from. Exactly. And then she's like, giving specifics as to where it's going to go. So I pulled the IDA because that is just our our fun sauce that we deal with, right? But her general five points are funding schools adequately and equitably so that all students have access to a great public education. So really doing the macro level of mm-hmm. you know the funding for all students, similar to Vice President Joe Biden, renew the fight against segregation and discrimination in our schools. So that's kind of like how Klobuchar was saying the discrimination, mm-hmm. the LGBT kind of like bringing back what's happened in this current administration, segregation obviously the race inequality and things We're like that a lot of mm-hmm. 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 provide a warm safe and nurturing school climate for all our kids I think this kind of reckons to the gun violence that we've seen yes. and kids don't feel safe in mm-hmm. their schools right now absolutely. which should be one of the safest places for them absolutely very similar like I said treat teachers and staff like the professionals they are absolutely coming towards that mantra of you know we need to be paying them better you mm-hmm. know they deserve better they are teaching our children kind of yeah. thing same as by President Joe Biden, and I think Klobuchar actually said that too. Stop the privatization and corruption of our public education system. Elizabeth Warren is all about corruption right. and wiping out corruption. And she and, speaks many times about mm-hmm. Betsy DeVos yeah, being I was just a big say, yeah, part mm-hmm, of that corruption. Mm-hmm. And Amanda had already alluded to, obviously, the privatization and, and how we have been seeing a lot of, even the privatization of some of these charter schools that people think mm-hmm. are like so much better. And right. like and it's just like, uh... Not always the case. Yeah, poo We have a pod yeah. all about charter schools as well oh yeah take a listen wow this is just a <laughs> harking back of all of them but Bring now we'll, we'll switch gears to pete, pete mayor pete mayor pete so 
out of all the candidates that we did research of, Mayor Pete's the only one that we were able to find an actual plan, not just bullet points. So we're going to go in a little bit more detail into his plan simply because it's out there. One thing we always know about candidates is there are so many platforms that all of them have to touch on and there's only so much time in the day, right? So many candidates tend to focus on here are the big ones that I want to promote and then I'll give bullet points for the rest. So the one thing that, you know, Mayor Pete has brought about is this is his 19-page plan, which he provided in the fall of 2019. It's titled Dignity, Access, and Belonging, A New Era of Inclusion for People with Disabilities. So not only does he talk about his wanting to fully fund the IDEA, but his plan really is to ensure that inclusivity of people with disabilities spans not just education, but across platforms across the United States. So education, jobs, access to transportation, technology, all of that. Part of that 19-page plan, because the plan is primarily focused on disability rights across the board, a big portion of it is on inclusive education. So I'll go through some of the bullet points that he talks about. So one of his biggest is that he promises to make inclusive education a national expectation and ensure that 85% of students with intellectual and multiple disabilities are in general education classes for 80% or more of the day by the end of the 2025 school year. So really looking at how can we create a more inclusive society, it starts from the education. If students can be included in schools, they're more likely to be included in their community and more prepared to do so. Like I said, he wants to fully fund the IDEA. He wants to improve uh, students' mental health, which has deteriorated at an alarming rate. He talks about how 70% of teenagers feel that anxiety and depression are major problems among their peers. And he wants to try to combat the suicide epidemic that we've seen an increase by over 50% among high school students, wanting to support the Mental Health First Aid in schools. Mental Health in Schools Act would be a big part of increasing the mental health workforce. He wants to build on the promise and success of the Autism Cares Act. So federal investments from previous iteration of this law improved support for early intervention and research, but there's a lot still that need to be done in order to promote inclusivity and support for people living with autism throughout their lifespan. So he wants to build on the act by supporting greater investment in research on the needs of adults and students with autism and the services and supports that would aid self-determination, incentivizing partnerships between research and students and people with autism, increasing representatives of self-advocates. So real big focus on not just what are we going to do, but let's put the research behind it. He wants to increase funding to recruit, support, and retain special education teachers. It was one thing that we know about special education teachers is the turnover rate is so high. It's a high Probably, burnout. It yeah. really is. So he wants to increase funding for the personnel preparation program by almost $70 million to $150 million. And it's mostly high because they are not appropriately supported or trained right. for various situations. And even if they are trained, they're just, like I said, not supported. And so right. then no matter how much training you have, if you don't have right. the right support to help you implement, then it's just a recipe right. for, it's our current educational system. It absolutely is. And I think going along the lines of the inclusive education, this point is really important because we 
often have students that are in a blended program, part of the day in a special ed class mm-hmm. and part of the day in a gen ed class, but the teachers don't have the knowledge or wherewithal to collaborate with each other or the tools to collaborate with each other to make it work. So one of his focuses is on improving interdisciplinary practices between general education and special education, as well as mental health, ensuring that special education teachers are prepared for inclusive and integrative teaching. So I know that I think a lot of people who are apprehensive about inclusive education often say, well, that's a lot to expect of one teacher. Well, if they are prepared, they have Mm -hmm. the tools, they have the support, they have the collaboration, it can be done successfully. But it's that component that he really wants to focus on, which is important. And I think all the candidates are saying that in one form or another and potential increases in teachers pay, you know, a lot of these general education teachers, they may have taken a special education class. They need to know how to write an IEP Mm -hmm. or help write an IEP and and whatnot. And maybe if they did get paid more, then they would be able to spend the time that they otherwise can't because they have a second job right. so they can pay for school supplies like right. this is just like or even knowing the consequences of the, and the importance of a well-developed IEP I mm-hmm. think it's easy to get lost in the minutia of mm. you know okay well we're trying to get this goal for the skill of the student writing their name but what does it really matter in the long run well it matters in the long run because we're trying to support their future right mm-hmm. so I think that's an important part we also talk a lot about trauma in schools and how it's not really being supported as it should mm-hmm. his plan includes expanding trauma informed care and healing centered engagement in schools so that schools would approach trauma from a holistic perspective by looking at both a student's experience in and outside of school. He wants to collaborate with families, teachers, school counselors, social workers, and other education community-based providers to ensure that students receive appropriate and quality care to support their healing agency. So I think that's an important component too because when we see a child who is discriminated against, who is dealing with situations at home that whether it be that their parents are in jail or incarcerated, if they're living on the street, if they don't have enough food to eat, all of this ends with trauma. The students Mm -hmm. who are in situations of domestic violence, situations where there has been a school shooting or their friend has committed suicide. Trauma affects so many more students than I think we realize. And how that affects school performance is just not thought of in the way I think it needs to be. And then lastly, he wants to ensure that services for students with disabilities don't end in high school. So the transition from high school to college or career, knowing how many challenges that pose, he wants to fund special education services in K through 12 that are aligned with students that support services and programs that support students transition to higher education, to workforce. Many families, and we get this a lot, many families aren't aware of what services are available in California. That already exists. (laughs) Right. So he really wants to promote ensuring that federal agencies like Department of Education, Labor, Health and Human Services, Social Security, not only are working as effectively as they can, but that they're promoting the services that they have available to families to really make sure that they are working to serve the students in need. And then the other important, I know we talked about Title IX and the protections. He also goes into wanting to support Title IX protections, strengthening, bringing it back, making sure to reverse all of Trump's administration's weakening of Title IX by enacting comprehensive student-centric processes to amend the regulations and really build a plan for how we're going to support these students as well. Yeah. 
I mean, I think all the candidates have a bit of the overarching themes that Mayor Pete has had. And I think that is on the right side of where we need to be. Yeah, (laughs) especially given this current administration. And we may have kind of briefly given you synopsis of other people's. And that was just in our really brief research. But it was something that we found important because of, you know, it didn't take a lot of digging to find that specific type of inclusivity based platform from Mm -hmm. Mayor Pete. It's not to say that all the other candidates don't have like more specific things that we just didn't touch on, but it was just something that Mayor Pete's was was not just centered within education. We just pulled the educational parts from that bigger one. And that was just a different approach than some of the other candidates as well. So we wanted to be able to highlight that. So if you are listening to this in Nevada, I hope you are going to caucus. And if you're listening in any of the other states that we named off before, we wish you a happy March 3rd, Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're um, in a state that we didn't mention for Tuesday, if you are voting later, we hope that you can take some time to look at how your education plan may be in your state may be affected by what's being proposed. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing to note when you're thinking about who you're going to vote for in a federal election is, you know, a lot of talk is put upon federal rights and about, you know, plans that help the entire country. But looking at how it's going to impact your state is important, too. Mm -hmm. And there are some candidates that do include information that are more relevant to certain states that aren't. We have some states that are more diverse than others. So obviously, certain portions of these plans are going to affect one more than the other of states. We also know that Along with the election that, you know, we're talking about the presidential primary, you also have other things on your ballot. So there may be propositions being put in place that may affect your education platform. I know that in California, over the course of the next year, there's going to be a lot of talk about Governor Newsom's budget and a lot of what he's trying to promote for uh child care Mm -hmm. and preschool and Mm -hmm. having universal preschool in California. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we want Californians to look out for because that can have a huge impact, not only the California, but if California, for instance, enacts a universal preschool and every student in the state of California is entitled to free preschool starting, you know, in two years or whatnot, that is setting the stage for pushing it and promoting Mm -hmm. it in other states, Mm -hmm. which could lead to a federal universal preschool, right? So it's something to look at to make sure that you're not just looking at the presidential. Yeah, it's definitely on the horizon and politics starts local. So most of the issues that you are concerned about are, you know, the cost of milk, the cost of health care, cost of gas. And these things do get affected and it can start just at a local level. You know, we've seen teachers and parents, mostly parents for this particular example that I have, a grassroots organization to try and change California education laws for dyslexia, for instance. So while it wasn't as great of a law, you know, they were really pushing for mandating that school districts do certain things. You know, a guideline did come out as to how districts should be approaching dyslexia 
politics. Yeah. And that was just yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. And then that's the first step. So politics definitely starts local. So hopefully you guys didn't just skip this one because you saw that it was politics. We're really just trying to be able to kind of get it on your purview so that you right. could kind of be aware if you didn't have the time, which none of us right. do to delve into it. Right. And I know that we only talked about Democratic candidates today. This is primarily because that's the bulk of the election right now in the primary. There's not too many options on the other side. But once we get closer to the general election, probably around the summer, when there is a Democratic nominee, we will do pods on both the Democratic and Republican nominee on their education platforms. Obviously, we can assume that the current incumbent is going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. So we will have a pod focusing on what he has and hasn't done for our education system over the course of his last three and a half years. So that will come closer to the general election. Keep an eye out. If you are working for or volunteering for any of the candidates that we talked about today and you have a more comprehensive plan that you would like to share with us, we are open to learning more from you. So please feel free to reach out. DM us. I hate it when people say that. (laughs) Just message us. It stands for direct message. Just No, that would be wonderful. I'm being facetious. Please reach out to us. But we totally understand. Hopefully we did it justice. Hopefully you guys have a great rest of your evening, day, morning. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.